2: You want opinions about books? We've got them.
1: Hey, and welcome to Unabridged. We are excited to talk about our February book club book with you today, Bryn Greenwood's The Reckless Oath We Made. But before we get started today with our discussion, we just wanted to remind you that the best thing you can do to help support us is to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. But also, and we have really appreciated these shout outs recently, any kind of shout outs on social media, especially on Instagram to at Underbridge Pod, that really helps us too. So if you are listening and loving it, please let people know we so, and that really means a lot to us too. So thanks for being along with us on that. And we are going to jump right in, right, ladies? Is there anything yes. else? So one thing new we are going to start off doing today is just a quick bookish check-in. And we've decided we would like to just share with you something that's going on in our bookish lives this week. So, Jen, start us off.
2: So I am in the midst of rereading John Irving's A Prayer for Owen Meany. I have not read this book for, oh my gosh, like 15 years. And I am loving it. I'm doing it as part of a buddy read with Read With Tony on Instagram. And I had forgotten just about the depth and the brilliance of Irving's work. And he's so quirky. And I just laugh out loud. Yeah, uh, a lot. Because Owen is such a great character. And there's a lot of humor. And I think there's a lot of physical humor that comes across on the page. But there's also a very serious message at its center. So that's mine. Well... (laughs)
1: Tell us about it, Sarah.
0: (laughs) So this week, I decided to start Ashley's book that she didn't recommend, but (laughs) I wanted to discuss back in episode 35. So, well, for one thing, I wanted a Kindle book because I've started having a book always going on my Kindle because when my kids are asleep Mm -hmm. or going to sleep or I'm reading in bed, it's just so much easier to have the Kindle. So I decided to pick up The Light of the Fireflies by Paul Penn. And it, okay, it captured my attention, but it is very disturbing. And it is, it's got, I mean... It's just disturbing. And Ashley, I mean, she did not recommend it. She And she was very clear in her episode. That For the record, was-
1: I tried to pull it back even I after I found out she'd started. Because I felt regret about having said, I don't recommend it. But like, really, I don't know that I want to. Abort, abort. Mission. Yes, yes, I was. Like, I think you might hate it. I'm not sure it has a redeeming part. So but, I'll be interested.
0: But uh, but it does capture your attention. Yes. And I feel like I really want to know what happened. So I'm going to continue with it. So that's what I'm reading this
2: week.
1: I have some trepidation, folks. <laughs> so I am uh, reading all the things right now. And <laughs> like, like Sarah said, I often have three. Three is my good number. Three is I have one going on Kindle, one on audio, and one mm-hmm. hard copy. And I am good with that. I think I have about eight happening right now. Not so good with that. I don't balance that very well. But one that I have been reading, working on for the last couple of weeks is on the Kindle. I'm reading Madeline Miller's Circe. I will spare you all my gushing over the Song of Achilles because I managed to bring it up in almost every episode. But really, folks, I loved that book. And so... I won't go on about why Sarah and are like oh no I'm, they're settling in over there so I really wanted to read this one because I love that so much and I it was a really slow burn for me and so I it, I mean I didn't hate it but it was really slow moving and it just took me a while to get into it and now I am just so glad I stayed in because it is fantastic so it took a long time for it to amp up for me. And then once I got to a certain point in the story, I was just all in and am really enjoying it. So I'm looking forward to wrapping that one up in the next day or two. OK, so that was our bookish check in. And now we're going to jump into our book club discussion. And we are going to first talk about our overall impressions. And then we're going to talk about what worked for us, what didn't work for us. We're each going to have a quote that we want to discuss. We are going to pair with a book. And then we're going to do a couple of things to wrap up that discussion. And I wanted to quickly start with a summary of the book. In Bren Greenwood's The Reckless Oath We Made, we encounter Zorja, Z, Trago, in the midst of a drug run. She's traveling with her young nephew, Marcus, when she learns that his mother, her sister, is a hostage in a prison breakout. Then we meet Gentry, a kind man with an unusual personality who dutifully aids Z as she deals with her sister's disappearance. When it becomes apparent that no one is going to find Z's sister, they take it upon themselves to go find her. Recklessness, drama, and chaos ensues. Okay, so that is my quick synopsis there, and without giving spoilers, which we will get into a little bit, I'm sure, as we discuss, but I wanted to get you all to share your overall impressions first. I think we have some different opinions on this book.
2: Okay. So this is Jen. I loved it. I really, <laughs> really loved it. So I I think anytime you've read a book by an author that you absolutely love, the next book... It, suffers from immediate comparison because you want to be just as emotionally challenged or yeah everything right away and of course that doesn't happen and I had loved Brent Greenwood's All the Ugly and Wonderful Things which I think we all read and loved and I wanted that right away and of course that didn't happen but oh my gosh I loved it so I just thought What I liked about all the ugly and wonderful things was the fact that it challenged every assumption that I had. It made me ask questions that it did not give easy answers to, and it made me think, think ideas, think about things that weren't resolved by the end. Like I was still pondering some of my conclusions through the book, even after I finished it. And so I really felt like The Reckless Oath We Made did that again. I thought that z and gentry's relationship was so complex and i i really became we'll get into why but i really became really angry with some characters through the book and then it just made me question forgiveness and whether i Mm -hmm. could forgive those characters and whether the characters in the book should forgive each other and why do we forgive people and what does it do for us and for them and how do we learn when someone can't forgive us? I mean, I just, I was all over the place. Emotionally, I was crying and I was happy and I was laughing. And I just really think Greenwood is brilliant at creating challenging books that are not uh, drudgery to read, I guess. Because I do think sometimes books that are challenging, it's like painful every moment. And this one, I just, I really love the reading process and I found it to be challenging in the best way.
0: What about you, Sarah? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that for me, like with all the ugly and wonderful things, I found it very compelling and I found it very well written, but I wouldn't say that I loved it. Mm, Oh, I'm Uh, sorry. No, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just, because the only reason I'm saying that is because that was my book for episode 35
1: (laughs) Uh, about about a book that I I wouldn't recommend. That's when I drug you all into (laughs) reading where I was like, I do not recommend this book. But, but I really want
0: to talk about, about it. Yeah. <laughs> so so and I did. I mean, my book club read it this mm-hmm. year, and every, I mean, you know, it is a great book that, and it, I felt the same way as you, Jen. I really, it really challenged what I was thinking, and I and it definitely made me think about mm-hmm. it long after I closed the book. But I wouldn't say that I loved that book. Mm-hmm. I thought the reckless oath we made was fine. It was fine for me. I didn't find it particularly compelling. For all the ugly and wonderful things. And I do think that you... That the second book that you read of an Mm -hmm. author is always going to... You're going to make that direct comparison. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't keep me as interested. I didn't like the characters as much. And I didn't find the relationships as complex as I was expecting Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i don't know if the expectations i brought to the book (laughs) made me not like it as much i also listened to it on audio so that could have Mm -hmm. been the same that could have made had an effect i liked it i thought i thought it was fine but it just i don't have a ton to say about Mm -hmm. it so i don't know i guess i'll get more into what didn't work and what Mm -hmm, worked for mm me
1: (laughs) when we get to those sections (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) what about you ashley so I – yeah, there were, there was a time – and this is something I think that Greenwood does really well. There was a time in the middle of the book. I loved it in the beginning, and I was really swept up. I do wonder about the reading versus listening, Sarah, because mm-hmm. I feel like I was swept up in the reading of it, but I could see that it might not translate to audio. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it
0: – I think it
1: is a pretty –
0: Good time to say that you know one character speaks in old English all the time. <laughs> oh, and right! And listen, yes. and reading and that, really that is impacts. quite different than, and I mean, all those sections where they're doing the the role playing and all that stuff. That I think in 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 an audio setting, yeah. Yeah. It, it got a bit grating at yeah. times. So I think that that definitely. Because I love Gentry, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a, yeah. he's a totally redeeming yeah. and lovely character, but sometimes <laughs> it was really hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can yeah, see that, can see that yeah. for
1: sure. Um, yeah, so i I was really swept up right away and really loved the characters, but there was a point in the book where I thought, "Oh no, like <laughs> I'm gonna hate this, and I'm gonna hate the way that it works out." And I think she does that really well mm-hmm. of just making situations that are really hard. And then you watch people make really terrible decisions, and you are forced to confront what the right decision is. Mm-hmm. But you also have to confront the, the choices that the characters make. And I think there was a point after the fallout that Z just does some horrendous yes. things, and it's really hard to not hate her. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh no, this is gonna. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. This is not gonna work out. And so I would say that. Overall, I mean, I really absolutely loved it. I had that moment of panic in the middle, and then I felt like it all – because everything worked out, I really loved it. Mm -hmm. I do think that there were parts that were a little bit hard to believe, where I had to suspend disbelief a little bit about Mm -hmm. the way that things came together in order for everything to work out and me to feel okay. But I was willing to go there and just thought that overall – I mean, I really loved it, and I I did feel like it really – like all the ugly and wonderful things, it did make me think differently about issues that I thought I had a pretty definitive opinion about, or it made me confront my biases. I mean, I think that some of the, like, I love Gentry's character, and I know we'll talk more about that, but I think that, you know, I had some biases about like hearing voices, for example, Mm -hmm. and just really appreciated looking at that in a different perspective and seeing how, you know exactly what he says in the book that like there's nothing for him to fix there's no reason for him to try to not hear those voices mm-hmm. they help him navigate an otherwise very difficult world you know and i mean that just is a different way of yeah. looking at a lot of that than i think i've seen it present in other books so i just overall i feel like she does that really well and i enjoyed it mm-hmm. okay so let's talk about a little bit more specifically what is something that worked for you in the book so i really felt so
2: We're heading right into spoiler territory now. So go read the book and then come back. (laughs) So when Z leaves Gentry after Edward is injured, when she leaves Gentry and then when she lies to basically protect herself, Mm -hmm. pin it all on him, and she says she has to do that for Marcus, I did not know. And I'm thinking this is some of what you were talking about too, Ashley. I did not know if I could be okay with her again. Like, yeah, because yeah, it's really wretched. I thought that part, it was just really,
1: really hard to read.
2: It was awful. Mm -hmm. And so, so I know that's weird that I'm talking about this in the part, what worked for us, because I felt as if the way that Greenwood wrote the rest of the book convinced me that she did deserve forgiveness and that that was the right decision. And Gentry didn't even see that there was anything to be forgiven. He felt like he should be the one. Who was forgiven because he had made an oath to her to protect her and by staying with edward he was breaking that oath but then there was this other oath so i just felt it's almost fearless that greenwood could make a character do something so loathsome to another character that she has really invested a lot of the book in making us care about and really love in mm-hmm. gentry and to make z treat him that way And then somehow convince me through the actions and the conversation of the rest of the book, I just think is amazing. And I did not, I I really wasn't sure she could win me back over. And I'm pretty persuadable. Like, I can be a sucker when I'm immersed in a text. But I, like, had to put the book down for a minute and go get a drink of water because I was so angry. And, And she won me over. So that would be something that really worked for me.
0: She did not win me over. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I thought that was... I mean, I just felt like... I felt like Vizy was a difficult character for me to like... Throughout. Because I felt like she was constantly using mm-hmm. Gentry. Mm-hmm. And I think that she... I think she was self-aware enough to know that she was doing the things... Like, when, when she knew that she could make him not come. Mm-hmm. And even though he... Was an adult and was able to make that choice i just felt like that whole situation when edward was there and reese was was in the hotel mm-hmm. room and all of them were making this decision mm-hmm. i just felt like and i mean and z even a minute later she was like i know if i would have said don't come he would and if right. i but she's the one that said the thing that made him come I don't know i mm-hmm. just i did not buy her redemption i did not forgive her and i felt like she was content i mean yeah it was great that she paid that mortgage but yeah hell yeah she should have been paying mm-hmm. that mortgage yeah, because right. of all the things she did to him right and i totally i guess <coughs> empathized with his parents and just wanted her to get the hell away from mm-hmm. him because i mean i don't know and i mean and jen i think what greenwood what worked for me was the fact that greenwood brought gentry in and then in the beginning it's a little disconcerting when he's speaking speaking in old english Mm -hmm. and you're like what is going on with this character but i mean i think what greenwood did well for me as a reader was i told like she made me realize that 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 gentry had his own agency Mm -hmm. he was able to make decisions for himself and that people were constantly underestimating him Mm -hmm. when he knew exactly, I mean, like, he totally was aware Mm -hmm. of what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He was aware of the voices. I mean, it wasn't like he was trying to not, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. He just totally was accepting of himself, accepting of others, and he was able to make decisions for himself, which I felt like Brent, that, Greenwood did very well. And that's what worked for me. Mm -hmm. I really like
2: the part when he goes through the process of deciding whether to go into the institution instead mm -hmm. of to prison. And when he opts for prison because he does not want the voices to go away because he sees that as a part of his identity. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm.
0: And I mean, I thought she did an amazing job with his character. And I mean, I, I think that I think she is a very gifted writer. Mm-hmm. I just think that the some of the characters like in all the ugly and wonderful things mm-hmm. for me by the end I felt like there was more redemption mm-hmm. f- for the ones that I was like what is happening um then I did here especially with Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just felt like some of the decision and decisions she made I just it was hard I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. forgive her by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the ending was a little Not what I would have Mm -hmm. wanted for Gentry. He deserved more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that overall, if I had to pick one thing that worked for me, it would be Gentry's character. I mean, I think that to be able to show him, like you said, Sarah, uh, as being completely in his own I mean he just com- he knows him himself better mm. than anyone else in the book and he understands the world mm. and himself and his place in it and mm-hmm. what he can and cannot do will and will not do yeah. better than anyone else in the book does and i think like it's just really amazing to see both his autism and the voices that that speak to mm-hmm. him throughout and how powerful those parts of him are mm-hmm. as making him such a rich and kind character and also just so self-aware and so capable Mm -hmm. of just being himself in this world and knowing where his place is in it as at all times. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think that's really remarkable. Yeah.
0: And I really love too, like the friendship with Edward and Mm -hmm. Reese and Rosalinda too. I mean, I just Mm -hmm. think that they all were like, that's, that is him. I mean, they were somewhat protective, but they also let, let him be the, who he was. Mm -hmm. And, and even though they became like Josh and who I can't remember uh-huh. the, the after Gentry was always Gentry right. and he always spoke the way that he spoke and everybody and his family too. I mean uh-huh. his family was so supportive.
1: I don't know. I just well, I love that part with the with the physician at the yeah. prison where it was clear that he could speak yeah that way mm-hmm. and that he also knew that the other man was simple minded enough to not understand him mm-hmm. and that he could just play that game as needed mm-hmm. in order to get through the situation, because that was a way to not compromise his own self mm-hmm. and yet to survive in yeah. the situation, which well, I, think I think was think amazing. He brings that same clear eyed perception
2: to other characters. So yeah. when he calls Z's mom, the dragon yes. and yes, Z can't that. convince uh, her to give up all the things that she's hoarded and Gentry's just like, you can't convince a dragon to give up its hoard. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just yes. his worldview was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was funny, but it was also so perfect. Like that is who she is and that's what matters to her. And you can't change it.
1: Well, and that's, yeah, yeah I had that quote. I mean, that's one of my favorite quotes <laughs> yeah, is where he like said, that. thou mayest not command a dragon to do thy bidding. Uh-huh. She hath her own ways in her own time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just think that is profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And just the ability to understand people. Mm-hmm. And again, I think he does that better than yeah. anyone else in the book. And I just thought that was really remarkable. Mm-hmm. I loved his character, and I, and I and I believed it. I believed that he could see things in a way mm-hmm. that Z could not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that really worked for me. Okay, so what did not work for you? Sarah, I think we know that Z was something that did mm-hmm. not work for you. I don't know if you want to add to the list. But- yes, I would like to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be going on the record. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh the end i think that what the biggest thing for me that didn't work was the fact that i felt like it was very unrealistic like the end just the way everything kind of came together Thank i didn't you. think that was very realistic and i also had some a little side eye about the whole like going to the the um white supremacist camp mm-hmm. with like armed with medieval weaponry and all that I mean, I guess in theory it could have happened, but that was a lot for them to get together. And like mm-hmm. for all of those people to people to hold the secret of the fact that Georgia was there, I felt that was very unrealistic. I mean, especially Reese. Like I, I just felt like her threats to him would not have been enough for most people to hold that in. And also, I mean, Lorraine was that right yeah that Mm -hmm. she she was already an unreliable character so i felt like she would do anything to preserve herself so i was i felt i found it totally unbelievable that she wouldn't have said something about the people who had been Mm -hmm. at the camp Mm -hmm. Uh i just so that for me that when when that all started happening and then she was there with the white supremacist and all that stuff I was kind of like out and i just was like i just need to get through the rest Mm -hmm. of the book because
2: i i felt like it fell apart for me there yeah i was glad i felt like it was very believable that gentry would have forgiven Z for
0: sure. Yeah. Everything like that.
1: I think Gendry yeah. is
0: the strongest point of the book because of the, his whole character
1: art. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I did want, and then he didn't even think that there was anything to right. forgive right. again. Right. Cause he felt like I made my choice. Right. And my choice was to do whatever mm-hmm. you thought we needed to do because my right. oath is to you. I thought all of that was yeah. very believable. Yeah. But I thought
2: like, it made me happy that Charlene and his entire family forgave Z because I like a happy ending. Yeah. I, I did think it would have taken more or longer or something else, especially Charlene, because Charlene was the one who was most protective of Gentry. And, you know, he was fighting against that overprotectiveness through a lot of the book, fairly, I thought. But uh, I, that, that one pushed my credulity a little bit. But yeah, uh, most, uh, very little didn't work because I really liked it.
1: <laughs> I know. that That's true for me too because I, I loved it so much. But I did – I mean, as I said in the beginning, I did feel like I had to suspend my disbelief for some things. And one thing – this is a small pot point, but I got hung up on this. One thing that came up several times was the tampon that was uh, used yeah. for his wound. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then there was a woman there. Right. So, like, I was just <sighs> like – Gentry is not the kind of person who had a tampon randomly in his truck without a woman attached to that item. Yeah. So then I got... I mean, Lorraine was there. They
2: arrested Lorraine.
1: Well, but I think, you know, she obviously wasn't helping them in any way. Right. Although maybe in the trial and stuff, that wasn't Yeah. I don't know how apparent
2: that would have been from the outside.
1: Right. I wonder, because we don't know the ins and outs of what Lorraine said and didn't say about things. So, yeah, I mean, you you could go there. But anyway, I did. I mean, in general, there were several things about how they managed to get out mm-hmm. of that situation well, and keep that were hard crazy
0: to, secret yeah. Right? I mean like that, that were
1: hard that was hard they, I watched like a broad church I
0: am an expert yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he says David Tennant says they will start to come out and mm-hmm. for five years you're telling me that nobody said a word about her being
1: there well right. and I do think the one thing that was convincing <laughs> to me was just that everyone knew that these were horrible people yeah right. and not that I mean, I think we want to believe that no one deserves to die, yeah, right. but I do think that when no one is siding with the people that died and when it's clear mm-hmm. that they were on the offense, you know but that makes also, it shaky ground. I
0: thought it was really bizarre too when the u s marshal kind of questioned Z because they clearly hadn't had like a they i mean he asked her some questions right. which were leading. To think that they thought that she might mm-hmm. have had some involvement in it. And then they just dropped it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. all that
2: stuff, I was like, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and they were suspicious of her from the beginning yeah. because of her dad. Yeah. And so that, yeah. Well, yeah, she's I appreciate made some all of that. Choices. I appreciate it. Like,
1: I felt like, but I felt like, Greenwood does a good job of showing how even though she made poor choices, she also had these horrendous things Mm -hmm. happen to her her. over Mm -hmm. and over again Mm -hmm. that caused her to be in a situation where both she's going to be prone to make poor poor choices and also it's going to be hard for her to trust that anyone Mm -hmm. beyond herself and her very, very small circle will ever do anything to help her family. I thought that that part was convincing. No
2: one would be there for Marcus. Right. If it's it's not her, no one's going to be there for him. So I still thought what she did – was horrible i do think lorraine and marcus were at the forefront of her mind through most of the book
1: and yeah for better or worse right? because i mean i think a lot of the book is about how we feel these ties to these people that even if we want to break the tie we Mm -hmm. can't and i think that is really powerful because i feel like that's the thing with her mom i mean their relationship is horrendous but she can't break that tie and then same with gentry that like his devotion is to her and she might be totally horrendous Mm -hmm. but it's not going to change i mean i think that like i mean like the title suggests like i think like the oaths that we make to people and the way that those whether we say them outright like gentry does or we're just bound by our blood Mm -hmm. or by our history those things like tie us mm-hmm. to them and tie us down sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I think because Lorraine is wretched and yet even, even seeing all that stuff go down, like that whole part with the letter, mm-hmm. I mean, like, how on earth could she ask her to give it to him? And then how could Z still feel on some level, she can't admit that she's not willing to give it to him. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, how? But I think that, again, it, it raises yeah. that whole question of, like, why why do we do that? And why are people that way? And yet, somehow we are.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I have to say, too, like, with au- the audio, Lorraine's voice, mm. she uh, – the – it's funny because I don't think about it until we have, a, like, kind of a yeah. disagreeing viewpoints on uh-huh. books. Because often we have – we either – it's not quite so dis- – you know, Yeah, uh-huh. we're closer yeah. than this. But – her the way that the voice actor portrayed Lorraine was just mm, i mean really yeah, awful it was terribly whiny and just i mean it was just her, I mean, she had no redemptive qualities whatsoever. Was it so To then it's hard for, the, for all No, the it was a cast. Oh wow. And it was really. I mean, it was. It was, it was uh-huh. a good. Uh-huh. And I mean, I think that you are meant to feel like Lorraine is a yeah. horrible yeah. human. You know. But you have to be person. able to
1: believe that they would all risk their lives for her. Yeah. Right. Which, That's the part that I think. Yes. If you if you take her too far out, and in the book, like I hated her, mm-hmm. but I also could understand. Mm-hmm. Z feeling like she had to try to get her back. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, oh, yeah. I, th-
0: and it seemed to me that Z had this kind of, I don't want to say hero worship, but mm-hmm. something yeah, like, like this, yeah. these blinders with her. Yeah. That she, I mean, she would, I think that she was genuinely shocked
2: that mm-hmm. Lorraine was involved because too. she yes. could
0: not believe that she would leave Marcus. Well, I yeah. mean, I Why? think that is the whole thing. Well, and
2: she had say Lorraine had saved and taken care of Z in so many situations that I think, and she didn't have anyone who was doing that for her. Lorraine was her only point of stability. So I think it was believable to me that Z had such faith. And then you think all of the other people who went to save Lorraine had never met her. They were all seeing Lorraine through the filter of Z's stories and Z's feelings. Right. And Gentry, of course, uh, well. Well, Dirk, I mean, Dirk, Gentry, I, mean, Dirk
1: yeah. I do think that, you know, the family who goes to save her. Yeah. So Dirk and, Dan, you know, Dana's oh, yeah another horrendous... Character, but Dirk and Uncle Alva also are seeing it through this filtered light Mm -hmm. of of, of, that they are indebted to that family and to those girls. That even if you know, and I think that Dirk comes around to that more Mm -hmm. than, but Uncle Alva for sure feels completely like he would do anything to try Mm -hmm. to make things better for them because he has this debt to pay that he can never pay because what was their dad's name, Leroy is dead yeah and so it's this like desperate attempt i think i mean the book is a lot about like the the ties between us and how we can't break them even if Mm -hmm. we want to but it's also about like atonement and like this endless quest to try to dig ourselves out of these choices that we've made and like yeah i think it's really interesting i just wanted to echo what y'all said about her viewpoint i thought right at the beginning of the book it's interesting because um when she's taking care of marcus and she says it's okay buddy i got you i said with this sick lurch, I realized that I was Lorraine now, not mm-hmm. just for Marcus, but for me. After dad went to prison, right up until she left for college, Lorraine had been the adult in our family. After that, I had to be my own adult, but now I would have to be one for Marcus, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that that I looked at that quote like after I'd read the book, and it did help with kind of framing for me because... It is hard to lose – it's easy to lose sight in the middle of all the bad things that are happening for this person who seems unredeemable. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's hard to lose sight of, like, why they all go in there and, and try to get her out. Mm-hmm. But then I think that, you know, when you're looking at the whole picture, it does make sense that she would feel this desperate need to yeah to get her back, even if, you know, in the end she's a really mm-hmm. – I mean, a really – i mean i guess terrible Mm -hmm. selfish impulsive Mm short-sighted person who's willing to do whatever it takes to you know preserve herself yeah and for the person that she loves yeah Mm -hmm. okay do you (laughs) want to talk about a quote sure (laughs) so each of us are going to share a quote and we are going to briefly discuss our thoughts about it jen is going to start us off you know I love quotations.
0: Okay. I was going to say, Jim's over there. You're like, yes, I could do, do a quotation. And
1: you all know how I feel yes. about reading aloud. <laughs> oh, well, now I was just thinking in some ways this really helps to narrow us down because sometimes we want to read the whole book to you yeah. all. So we're going to just pick very concise choices instead. I love that
2: Ashley very graciously said we want to read the whole book. <laughs> She's kindly ignoring the bookmarks, <laughs> the book darts there. I will
1: say that I ran out of book darts for this one. Yeah. I See, did. Good... Okay.
2: So my quotation is near the end of the book. This is on page 415. And it's when Z and Marcus are visiting Lorraine in prison. And it's a very small moment. But so Z has given Marcus money to go to the soda machine and to get some mm-hmm. soda. And... It says, Marcus came back to the table with three cans of pop hugged against his chest. A can of orange, a can of Coke for me, and a can of Diet Coke. That was what Lorraine always drank. When he slid it across the table to her, she didn't even thank him. If it wasn't some grand gesture, she didn't know what love looked like. And I just, gosh, I'm going to cry. I just (laughs) thought that is something I really love about this book, that the the moments of love and affection and caring that mean the most are not the grand gestures even though there are plenty of grand gestures in the book they're these little moments where you know someone has paid attention to someone else enough to silently just try to give them what they need Mm -hmm. and then it's also about the people who can see that and appreciate it and the people who just callously can't even see that it's happening um so i i just love that quotation
1: (laughs) Yes, I loved that whole scene with... I loved all the conflicted feelings that Z had about Marcus with Lorraine and the feeling that she wanted to protect him from taking him to the prison, but also the feeling well, and, that oh she gosh. knew how hard it was going to be Since for so him to grow up without a mother. It. So, oh you know, I think that that really was powerful, too.
2: The whole impact of the fact that he was the second generation of their family to grow up with a parent in prison, well, he has two parents in prison, I just thought that whole cyclical thing was was really in the background, but it also permeates the entire novel. Anyway. Yeah uh okay so sarah
0: go, okay. is gonna
1: also Yay, share I to a quick so
0: <laughs> and it's in old english that's <laughs> even
1: better true Confessions book. i i read the summary at least three times which i'm sure i will edit out i will edit out to spare you all listening to me false start several times but yes reading aloud on on recording is sometimes challenging <laughs>
0: So my quote is from Gentry, and it is when they are getting ready to go to Uncle Alva's to, to do the bidding for, for finding Lorraine. And this is the quote from Gentry. If thou wilt not have me as thy champion by cause, thou hast no faith. I can protect thee. I will say no more. If thou wilt not have me at thy side for, my own, for mine own protection, thou art unjust. I am no child. I am strong enough to carry thee, and I am not afraid. And I just think that is so beautiful. And it totally encapsulates Gentry. Jen's going to cry again. I, I,
1: I, <laughs> I was a little Jerry, too. I, and it's a very powerful quote. It is.
0: And I think that this is where you see him kind of taking a stand and being like, I have my own agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am not a child, and I can make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really powerful. And I, I mean... You know, and I think that that is probably why Z was finally like, okay, yeah. we're going to go. Because yeah. she, because I mean, that that is pretty powerful. So maybe, maybe I'll give her a little bit of a leeway there, but <laughs> only we're a little bit. You we're
1: <laughs> you well, and but I think it, with um, Rosalinda, when she talks about Edward, mm-hmm. that, you know, that moment in the end where she is kind of like, mm-hmm what he did was really stupid, but it was also really brave. And I just think, I I do think that you come to see that these are honorable men who Mm -hmm. are trying to do the right thing Mm -hmm. and who are trying to bring about justice in what they see as being a really terrible situation. Right.
0: And I mean, I think you see that as, because I mean, Gentry is is sad or upset that he killed someone, but he is not sad that he defended what he felt was the right thing. That's right. right. And so I, I mean, I just think that's really powerful. And I think that there are a lot of quotes from him that are just beautiful. I mean, even when he's speaking about sex and things like that, it's (sighs) just all so I mean, it's just this whole thing, like, the, he's thinking with, like, his whole body and soul yeah. yeah. mind almost, rather than, like, the mere mortals in uh-huh. the story. That's almost how it feels. You know, he yeah. feels like a being who has this capability of
2: thinking more than anybody else in the story, and I think that's pretty... I mean, I think those voices represent yeah. that really yeah. in a literal way that in a way some of us try to deny parts of ourselves and he had full access to every side of himself, even the ones that he didn't like
1: mm-hmm. and and knew yeah. the different shades of them right? Yeah. in a way that I think a lot of us do not. Yeah. And just like who to listen to when uh-huh. and how, how important each of those connections were to him, like the whole mm-hmm. part where the witch won't speak to him yes. after. And I just think in him wanting her back because mm-hmm. her, presence was such an important part of the balance in his life I mean I just think all of that is really rich Mm -hmm. Ashley what's your quote okay so I uh I I had one that I wanted to share and then something that you all were saying just about the connections between us oh it was what you said Jen about the small gestures of love Mm -hmm. and whether we can value those or not I think something that Uncle Alva said that really stood with me and it didn't make me empathize with Lorraine. I don't think that we really can go there Mm -hmm. so much in the book but I do think that we get a sense of what people will do for love and that it may not make sense but that they do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it was when he was talking about Just the bad things, the bad choices that people make. And he says, that's the way of the world. If there ain't nobody in the world you care enough about to do something crazy for, that's got to be an empty feeling. What I did for Tess, it was dumb as hell. But it come from how much I loved her. Mm. And I think there's a lot of that in the book. And even Lorraine, we still see these like layers of... Again, the ties between people and the love that we have for them and that that love may not make sense. Mm -hmm. And I mean, definitely with with Gentry and the choices, you know, I mean, I think we we want him to not do these things because we know that it's going to end badly for him. But then if we love and trust him as a character, we have to believe that he is doing the thing that he knows to do Mm -hmm. and that he that that's his right to do it and so I really love that I'm not going to read another quote but I'm tempted but the other thing that really (laughs) stood out to me was when when Treg is speaking with Trang Trang is speaking with his brother yeah is speaking with Z and he talks (laughs) about his mom Charlene versus her and she's like he's never going to want to see me again and he's like you know what how can you feel that way like She loves him and she wants all this thing for him, but she threw away his sword. She doesn't, she loves him, but she's never going to understand all parts of him. Mm -hmm. And she's never going to understand the chivalry and the knighthood and all of that. And he's like, you just do. And I think that was the part that was like so remarkable to me was how, as their relationship develops, she just loves him as his whole self. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone else in the story, even his parents who his adoptive parents who are amazing, People still love him and it feels like in a more limited way than the way that she ultimately yeah. loves him and I think yeah. like that's really that's really remarkable to me yeah. to love someone just as they are mm-hmm. in the beginning when they
0: the, fir- the first chapter or two, when the when they're going into her mother's house trying to get away and she's like in my stalker I mean that, <laughs>
1: there's just this casual Happening. <laughs> That's exactly like I mean I just every time I think about his character I just think the whole thing is really brilliant mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. It, it. I mean, he starts in a very strange place yes, for yes. the reader, right? Yes. And so you're just like, who is this person, and what on earth is going to happen? He's here? just
0: always there, and then he waits for her for like yeah. two years. I mean, just all these
1: things that he is just there when she needs
2: him. Mm-hmm.
1: And that yeah. that is. Just, I mean, I think like that whole arc of how things progress mm-hmm. is is pretty remarkable. Yeah.
2: Oh my gosh! When they're stacking hands at the uh, jail—that's what that's I what, would read that one if I could read one more.
1: I know. Seriously, <laughs> I will say, like I, in a way that hasn't stood out to me with a lot of books that I've read recently, I was amazed with a lot of the symbols throughout the yeah. book. I mean, I just felt like there was so much symbolism, and I loved, like, I love the stuff about the dragon. I love the stuff about the phoenix, and I loved the tower imagery yeah. that came up over yeah. and over again, and how, like, it may not seem like much, but that's how we build a tower, and that's how we reach our dreams. I mean, I just think, yeah. like, man. Yeah. That
0: that's powerful. Well, I and mean, the stories within the story too. The, yes. Um, yes. The main story, mm-hmm. and then the story about the and the story about the serpent woman, and yes. that it yes. was all
2: really. I thought that was all really interesting. I mean, when she is the lady in the lake uh-huh. and carries the sword out to him. Yeah. I was a fan of Arthurian literature. I'm like, <laughs> yep, yeah, checking all my boxes here, people. <laughs>
1: Love it. Uh, okay, I can so, just picture Jen swooning. <laughs> we're witnessing a little bit of it here, but I'm sure it was
2: better I was when just you were reading because I wanted to be closer to the microphone.
1: <laughs> okay, so we wanted to we're going to come back around to the book really briefly momentarily, but we wanted to talk about our pairings. So, what would you all pair with this book?
0: Well, my choice was, is uh, Tracy Garvis Graves, mm-hmm. the girl he used to know. And I read this book last year. I loved it. I thought it was great. It is told in alternating alternating perspective. So that is similar mm-hmm. to this book. And what I think what that really stood out to me was that Anika, the main, one of the main characters in the book, I mean, really, I would say mm-hmm. she's the main character, even though you hear other perspectives, so Anika and Gentry are both uh, not great at social situations when they don't know people, and they are both they're both very intelligent individuals. Uh, they both are on the autism spectrum, and they struggle with some with relationships. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just thought that they really reminded me of a good pair and reminded me of each other mm-hmm. and i think that what what you see in both of these books is the ability for for no matter what you can build a relationship and like Anika is really self-aware mm-hmm. and she's able to understand that she doesn't always think the same way that other people think, but that she still have brings a lot to the table. She totally accepts accepting mm-hmm. of what, what she's able to do and just like Gentry. So I think that that's probably yeah. the the main reason I think that they, these were, they're very different books and very mm-hmm. different, but they both um, have some of the same themes and, the characters remind me, the Anika character and Gentry remind me of each other. Mm-hmm. Sorry that that was a little stumbly.
2: <laughs> so my pairing yeah. is Oyinka Braithwaite's My Sister the Serial Killer. And this book is about a woman, Korra Day, who has been covering up her sister's <laughs> Basically, murders and her sister Iola says that they are from self defense, but it quickly becomes apparent that that is not true. And so, I'm pairing this one because I thought one of the more complicated relationships in the book was a relationship between Z and Lorraine. Mm-hmm. And you see, Ashley was talking about the ties that sometimes are formed without your knowledge or without your choice that they're just there and they're a part of your life. And we see that with Corraday and Iola. And we see Corraday, they've had a contentious relationship for some reasons or at some points, but they've also suffered, I don't want to give away the whole book, but they've suffered a lot together. And so you see the way that that has obligated them toward each other and just as Z has to answer for herself when enough is enough and when Lorraine has done the thing that is going to cause her not to feel obligated to her anymore, we see day debating the same thing for Iola. So the, both are complex. I will say my sister, the serial killer, is super short. And reads very quickly and is quite despite its dark subject matter is quite funny and so and I thought the reckless oath we made had some good humor as well so I think mm-hmm. they, they might be a good pairing that way as well but gosh my sister the serial killer is what like a third or a fourth of the size of, yeah of the I mean reckless it's a oath small book it's not just like thin and it's, a it's like small yeah. small book. so, so they were really not yeah they're not really the same genre but that central relationship really, to me, was an interesting one to consider the way they're portrayed in both books.
1: And I listened to that one on audio, and I loved it. Yeah, Yeah, that's why Ashley was helping
2: me with all the pronunciation, because I read it, and so I was doing the phonetic thing, which Mm -hmm. is not always effective. So,
1: What about you, Ashley? Um, I wanted to talk about... We talk about Peter Heller on here a fair fair bit, and love his work, but I wanted to talk about The Painter by Peter Heller, and this one is... An artist, he is, at the beginning of the story, he is very aloof. He really lives alone. He fly fishes, and he is this phenomenal artist who makes money by, even though he's like a total hermit, basically. Mm -hmm. He makes money because he does this phenomenal artwork. But he doesn't really want to play the game. He doesn't really want to do any of the other kind of social components of being an artist and trying, you know, so he, it's, yeah. So that, that is happening, but then he's out and has this encounter and he has this dark past Mm -hmm. that is affecting him, but he is out and has this encounter with this man who is brutally, brutally beating a horse. And it is clear that the man is doing these horrendous things. And so he steps in to try to intercede. And from there, a very major sequence of events ensues and profoundly affects his life. I think one of the things that seems very similar to me is the way that you're rooting for people in the story, like you root for Jim Stegner in the story, even though a lot of the choices that he's making are really complex, a lot of them feel like bad decisions. And yet because you know all of the ins and outs of his psyche and because you see him as a good person who is trying to do the right thing, you wind up empathizing with him even though it's really morally questionable, the things that are going on. And I think I felt a lot of that in this book as well. I mean, certainly for the choices that Z makes, I mean, exactly what you were saying, Sarah, where she drags in these other people to go on this vigilante mission to save somebody who seems to have chosen the situation that she's in all of that is very questionable and yet for me i was rooting for her and rooting for them even though i felt really conflicted about the choices that they were making Mm -hmm. so i think that this one shakes you up in a similar way as far as just being riveted by what's going on wanting things to work out for this man even though this man is really complicated and you are at times, I mean, I, you've read this to Jen. I mean, at mm-hmm. times I was like, why am I rooting yeah. for him? Like, I really don't know why, but I also, but I am. And I think that Peter Heller does a great job with that. And mm-hmm. I like that. I really like that in books where the person is really complex and questionable and feels very authentic to real life. And yet I'm feeling things toward them that cognitively <laughs> yeah. I'm questioning why I'm feeling them. Yeah, I like all that. Great so anti-hero. Yeah, Damn. yeah, yeah. So that's the painter by Peter Heller.
2: Okay, read all the painter. He- pa- painter
1: Heller, Peter Heller. <laughs> I haven't read any Peter I, Heller. I need to get on his um, last last yeah, couple. So. Go, yes, yeah. I haven't. I'm excited. I to have now. Jen's copy oh, sitting yeah. on my nightstand. I might be prying it from Sarah's hand sometime <laughs> here soon. So. We wanted to end today, our discussion today, in a way we haven't done before. We're going to do two things to wrap up here. One thing we're going to talk about is whether we, it's a keeper for each of us. And basically what we mean by that is, are we keeping it for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to recommend and share it with a friend? Or are we going to give it away? Or do we think that this is one that we're going to donate to a local book place so that because we don't recommend it Mm -hmm. so that's kind of we're gonna do that and then we'll give a quick rating and then we'll wrap up Oh and I wanted to say also that we are in the process of transitioning with classroom connections and are going to be doing some episodes that are targeted specifically to teachers. We found that a lot of the books that we were reading lately are literary fiction. They're great in an AP lit classroom, they're great in a dual enrollment classroom. They're not usually suited for middle school or for even a lower level high school class. And so because of that, we're moving away from doing classroom connections here unless it's relevant to mm-hmm. the particular book we're discussing, but we will be teachers those of you listening be on the lookout because we will be having some some more targeted episodes that will be helpful for classroom use so is it a keeper for me i i would definitely
0: i i like to keep my books because i like to stack them and all that Mm. stuff so i mean i did not hate it and like i don't need it out of my sight so i I, but i would i would pass it on probably it's a book that i probably don't have to keep on my shelf but i would pass it on to someone because my mom read it and loved it Mm -hmm. and i think there are lots of people in my book club that would like it so yeah i would i would i would keep it and or pass it on to a friend to read Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i don't have
1: any trouble recommending it
0: actually i feel way less trepidation giving this book to someone than i would all ugly and wonderful yes Mm -hmm. yeah me too that's
1: true even though i think that one i had more emotional impact from i would be more concerned about sharing it yeah so uh,
2: yeah this is a keeper for me it's going on my bookshelf filed energy (laughs)
1: i have no filing system (laughs) i am not much of a keeper but i do believe this one makes the cut for me okay last thing is a personal rating rating (laughs) how much book love do you give this book i will give it three books book hearts
2: i guess i'm giving it four and a half bookish hearts
1: and I'm going for the solid five, book of Hearts. Wow. I know. I feel when we talked about, there are some plot holes for me, and it's hard for me to give a solid five to that. But then I think that the emotional impact and the things we talked about for me i mean it's still it's definitely gonna stay with me and i think that's part of how i classify
0: and i really hope you all will weigh in no because i am dying to know i have seen a lot of the bookstagrammers that i respect their mm-hmm. their reviews that, that have given it five stars like on goodreads so i will be interested to see others yeah. others ratings
1: <laughs> yeah let us know Okay, last thing for today to wrap up is our give me one topic, which I hope that the ladies knew what our topic was here. It is a brand restaurant item or other miscellaneous thing to which you are loyal.
2: So I I would never have said this before I became a teacher but I like all the Apple products and I want all the Apple things. I want the iPhone and the AirPods and the MacBook. So yeah, I love Apple and I'm definitely a loyalist at this point.
0: So I am really, I really like fitness and reading about fitness and food and things like that, uh, like clean eating and all of that. So there is a person that I follow named Emily Schram that is, that she does all these workouts Uh, programs and she just gives a lot out for a lot of information Mm -hmm. and stuff about your body and gut health that is free and I have bought a ton of stuff from her uh, from her website um she has great swag and I am very loyal to her because I think that she really cares about bringing good information and accessible information (laughs) to people
1: cool (laughs) (laughs) I was coughing excuse me Uh, I am going to go with a beer that I am really (laughs) loyal to. So I really love Wild Wolf, which is a brewery here in Virginia. They have a beer called Blonde Honey, and I love it. And I used to have a much wider array of beer that I was fine with. But these days, I just want a Blonde Honey. Mm -hmm. I like – that is what I like. And (laughs) it has this um, really unusual, somewhat Betty Boop-like (laughs) –
2: Buxom. Buxom. It's um, like a, buxom, buxom. a
1: buxom babe on the side and i'm down for all of that <laughs> i i used to be kind of embarrassed by it i embrace the whole thing now so i think that's the sign of being a loyalist Jen. Yes. That, that you have just embraced all the parts yep. of the thing mm-hmm. so yep there you have it thank you all so much for joining us today we hope you enjoyed our discussion of bren greenwood's the reckless oath that we made and we <laughs> Both of them are like, you just botched that title, Actually, <laughs> So one more time, thanks for joining us. It's Friend Greenwood's The Reckless Oath We Made. And we can't wait to hear, hear what you think about it on social media. Let us know. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for a list of ways to support us.
2: We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone who composed our theme music Strings of Light and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.